following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019, season 15, episode number 97. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, today's Wednesday, so we get you guys ready. We start getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Rams. Uh, we're going to go through uh, some storylines with Nick. Uh, I know he writes the article every week on Dallas. Who just announced has a new baby on I the know. way. Isn't that cool? Congratulations. Now, he announced it for them. We all knew, but congratulations <laughs> yes. to Mr. Oh, oh, we put him Yes. Oh, we put headphones on? Yes. Yeah, we do shows. We, are, we, I know. we don't take show. calls right off the bat. So. <laughs> Were we taking calls? You might. Let's take one today. Uh, okay. Yeah. You guys want to call us? Call us 888 855 2297. We're going to take some phone calls today. I'm we are going to take some two phone minutes calls. left in the show. <laughs> well, you right. to, let's take a story, call. right? The That's story what it is. I always forget about I know. The Every story Wednesday, is. when I say it, I look over at Nick and like, inevitably oh, yeah. he's like, oh, mm-hmm. and he's on his phone trying to pull it up. But Find out. Yeah. Where <clears> I, who Dave I is also to. going to, uh, to give us his breakdown of the LA Rams offense. Uh, tomorrow we'll do defense, but today we'll break down the offense. That offense is looking a little better these last couple weeks, so that will be something for us to pay attention to um, and talk a little bit about. And as I said before, we will take some phone calls. The number is 888-855-2297. You can call us there. You can also hit me on Twitter at Derek Eagleton. I'll take your calls or your questions from there as well. First, let's start, though, with some injury updates. Jason Garrett had his press conference this morning, uh, talked about a few guys that would return and one that would not. Tell me what's up with the uh, injuries for this team. I think everybody's healthy except for – well. Healthy, no. Able to participate in practice and potentially play, yes. Specifically the three that were not at practice last or did not play last week in Heath and Woods. They're all out there. Right. They're back. Right. Leighton Van Der Esch is is the one. And at this point, you know, it's fair to wonder if he's going to play again this year. I would lean toward no, honestly. At least not in the regular season. There's only three games left. If it's bad enough that – when did he – when did he – when did they sit him down? Detroit – yeah. Or was it before, was it the Giants game? It was a road game. For he hurt, sure. he hurt himself against the Eagles. Didn't come back against the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember if he played against the Lions. Or well, not. he played. It definitely was a road game because walking off the plane, the flight attendant said, "Here, can you give this neck pillow to Leighton Vanderesh?" Like, That's what they ask you. Yeah, and I'm like, "How do you always become the guy that's supposed to be doing that kind of what stuff? Do you mean, you got to help." Tony up to podiums. And okay, that's like 10 years ago. I know, I but still, you. like... I got you. Well, I don't know, because it took me a while to get my coat on or whatever, and yeah. so the flight attendant was like, here's a here's his neck pillow. And I'm like, he doesn't want this. Did we you all chase him down? This. No, I didn't bring it to him Okay. until, like... I, I brought it to work, but I'm not going to take it in there until Wednesday of that week. And then I said, you know, I got your neck pillow, and he was... It was like a kid at Toys R Us. He was like, 
you've got my neck pillow? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring it to you. He's like, oh, thanks. Dude's got a neck and injury. And then he's not, he has not played since. <laughs> he played against Detroit. He hasn't that played the, since. The Detroit flight got is it. what it was. It was um, the one flight that wasn't at 4 a.m. when we got back. It's fair to wonder if he's going to play again this year. I, and, I mean, it's a neck injury, honestly. I'm not sure that he should think, you know, people saying, why don't you just move him to IR because he's a really good player. And if there's even a slight chance that they think he can help them, especially if they make it to the playoffs, I'm sure that's their thought process. But again, for me, I mean, if it's a neck injury and he did have issues with it in college, if the fact, I mean, and we've brought it up before, the fact that Jason Garrett said we don't think it's career threatening, like if it's even a possibility, it's okay to just call it a year. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to blame you for that. Based on on the injury in college, you got do either of you guys know if this injury is a is the same thing that's recurring or is this a different? Because you know sometimes you can hear neck, you can hear back, you can hear arm. And, and you'll talk to medical trainers, and they'll tell you, hey, that's not really the same thing. It's two different injuries. Even though it's the same area, general area, it's two different issues. Do you guys know if this is actually a recurrence of what was happening in college? I, I really don't. I honestly don't. And that's it's kind of the nature of the beast with, with like, an NFL beat. Like, there's so much stuff yeah. happening that it, it, it kind of works in a cycle like that where you're like, okay, he's out for a while. It, don't need to worry about him. There's enough stuff other going, enough other stuff going on. He's not going to play, and then right around now, you know, he's going to miss his fourth game in a row. Probably is when people are like, okay, how big of a deal? how yeah. big of a problem is this? And I so I think you know, I think Todd Archer reported earlier that uh, they were thinking about giving him more tests, but they decided not to. So I think people are going to start looking for more information about this because again before it's like well he needs some time to get right and there's enough to worry about without snooping around on Leighton Van Der Esch. but this if this is something that's going to keep him out for potentially the final six weeks of the season then yeah it's it's something worth looking but into. this is the kind of injury that it doesn't seem to be one of those where you can create a timetable for it where it's kind of I would assume do you feel good now or you don't you know you don't you can't really when because it's like a sting what is it called? Stinger? I mean, this is a neck injury. I'm not sure with the details of the neck injury. It's just a I neck injury. I thought I had right? heard yeah. something about a stinger well, on did, his neck. He suffered a stinger against the Eagles, and that's what limited Initiated. him. Initiated. Yeah. And, and I, you would assume, you know, around the time this happened, it was like, well, this is an after effect of what happened to him in that game. And Yeah. I, I do not have a ton more information. But than it's that. not like but you broke your it. hand and you know when how long that's going right, to take yeah. to recover. This is one of those that it's just going to be really hard to figure out exactly when he comes back. Yeah, the scary part is when you're talking about necks and backs, like that's just that's never a good thing. And and certainly, again, I agree with you. The fact that Jason actually said there's, you know, we don't think this is going to be career threatening. The fact that you had to have that <laughs> the day, thought and he, have the day that he said that, I was like, that's yeah. a weird thing to say. It jumped out to me for a second year player, right? Yeah. And and so you would hope that everything's going to be fine. They just need to let this thing settle down and eventually it'll get uh, to a point where it's okay for him to be able to resume playing, but we'll see how that goes here in the next coming weeks. Um, let's go ahead and jump into these storylines. Nick, walk us through some of the storylines this week, Cowboys versus Rams. All right. The Rams, you know, we all kind of know where they are. They're they're starting to play like the team that, you know, went to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they're, they're not as good, I don't think, but 8-5, and five, they've kind of turned things not around. Not as good as they were last year? Is that what you're saying? 
I, well, the record isn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're as good as sometimes. You know, first place schedule, all that stuff goes into play. But they did get, you know, beat forty-five to seven at home by the Ravens. So that that's pretty ugly. But the last two games, they've kind of turned around. Big win over Seattle. Um, one of their storyline storyline, sorry, is the fact that they are also a team that does not start really well. Uh, the last couple of games, though, they have scored touchdowns early in the game. That's just the second time out of 10 games uh, or, or the last 10 games that they've scored on the opening drive. They're getting outscored by their opponents in the first quarter, 48-42, but they can turn it on in the second. So that's that's something there. Um, only 10 players in the NFL this season have caught 70 passes and 900 receiving yards, and two of them play for the Rams. So Cooper <laughs> Cup and Robert Woods. Also, Mari Cooper problems. is doing that. So yeah, that's a lot of guys. They are problems. Two guys that catch, and they also you know get yards. Now Cup has seven touchdowns. He's a red zone threat for sure. I know Dave will talk about him. He's going to get into also Todd Gurley and the fact that you know he's got 770 rushing yards. I think the biggest thing though is that he only has 168 receiving yards. He's not doing the double duo threat that that we've seen from him before. And then the last storyline is if you talk about guys, you have to talk about Aaron Donald. He's a beast. I saw him getting quadruple teamed in a game the other day. He still has 11 sacks. He's only the second defensive tackle in the history of the league with four seasons of 11 sacks or more. And he's done it now three years in a row. You know, I wish I wish fans I wish fans could see this guy. I don't know if some of them may have see this guy without pads on. Like he is the most impressive looking. Like he's the guy you get off the best the first because he's so just big. He's a massive dude, and he's not a fat dude at all. But he's just a rat, like just yeah, a short, bunch of though, muscle. That's, yeah, but he is a big no. guy. And and you look at defensive tackles and you usually think yeah, they're gonna be fat, they're gonna be like just rolls. That ain't that dude, man. He is a he is an impressive dude. All really. muscle. Funny that All you muscle. Say, yeah. I mean, okay. you're not you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. He's got like an eight pack, he's jacked, but he's like five ten. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, he should have been a top five pick, and his size hindered him in the eyes of draft evaluators. What was he, like ninth? I want to say tenth. I mean, he he absolutely, he earned probably a million dollars with one play at the Senior Bowl. You know, people think Senior Bowl, you know, uh, it's kind of a Thirteenth, sorry, even lower than that. I think Odell was tenth. There you go. So he went thirteenth? That's, yeah. And Zach Martin went sixteen? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, not a shot. <laughs> we, the internet what would you says do he's if they're sitting there now together, both um, of them. I'm, There's no question where I'm going. Gotta take Donald. Yeah, Zach's really good. Don't get me wrong. No, Zach's really great. Yeah. Okay, Donald's better. I mean, he's better. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, you we'll give me, find out. you give me, you give me a great offensive guard, and he's going to be less impactful on a game than a great defensive tackle, right? So if you're going to split hairs between the two, yeah, I'm going to take the guard, great defensive tackle. I don't know. It depends if that great guard is facing that defensive tackle, and then maybe he's not as impactful. Maybe we'll find out Sunday though, because they're going to face each other a few times. But how often, I, I, how often did that happen last year? Like it, see, it didn't seem like they were matched Connor. up a whole it lot. It was Connor more Connor. than Donald. Right. Connor's than Zach. The, the he's the whisperer for right. Donald. He got he's him. the whisperer. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I can say that because he's not going to play. <laughs> I was about to say this. Wow, that's uh, Aaron Donald's going. But the difference is, is we'll talk about that tomorrow. Is I mean they don't have Sue. Who, he was the one that really hurt him. I'm sure they have someone else that's pretty. They good. still have Mike Brockers, who's. I mean, I don't. He's he's not Aaron Donald. He's yeah. probably he's not Sue. He might him and Sue might be comparable they got a at lot this of point. Guys. Matthews, they, 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 dude. They that when you start thinking about that defense, I'm surprised they haven't been better than they are 
with the guys that they've added, even the guys that they've added throughout the year this year. But we'll talk about the defense tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's to worry about tomorrow. I, I want to learn <laughs> about this We got plenty offense. to worry about on the offense today. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, Dave's going to give us his breakdown on the Rams' offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to get into the Rams offense and scouting report by Dave Hellman. Before we do that, though, we do have a phone call from James in California. James, what up? Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, good, good. It's uh, it's Tuesday. Well, it's Wednesday, but hoping it was Friday. But it's okay. It's, we're getting there. Agreed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I um, first and foremost, we would like to thank you guys for giving us an opportunity, as fans, a platform to to voice our opinion and concerns regarding the team and so on and so forth. Um, just wanted to uh, to see or to have your take on. Um, the offense, uh, especially Dak. Um, I think I would, I'll, I'll take him over Carson Wentz. But the one thing that Carson Wentz does that I don't see, I don't think Dak does is um, Carson Wentz always on crucial situation. He always goes and take pick out his best receiver, which is um, Zach Hurts, all the time. Um, the good quarterbacks always do that. Like Tom Brady, crucial situation. He, he looks for Edelman, um, Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Deshaun Watson. He's all he's always looking for Hopkins, and so on and so forth. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. Um, but that it seems like on crucial plays, he's I don't know if it's all there as far as the read or if that was the play call. But third down, crucial situation, he's looking at Blake Jarwin on deep pass. 
who's being double covered by a corner and a safety. Or another third down crucial situation, he's targeting the fullback, Olawale. I mean, those plays matters and adds up. I don't know if you guys can do some Jedi mind trick, just like Bill Belichick did with the rest, with the phantom calls, <laughs> with the tripping calls and all the rest. If you guys can, like, just yeah. ask some questions as far as, you know, if <clears throat> Amari is his first read or second read or, or something, just to see, I don't know, just to have him thinking about, like, using his best wide out wide receiver by far than any of anyone else on the team to come effectively. All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. You guys got thoughts on that? Well, as a fantasy owner of Zach Ertz, I'll say that I don't think that Wentz goes to him as much as I, I is he saying that in crucial situations. But I get the point, and I do think it comes down to what the Cowboys say all the time is we do what we do. And what they do is they like to take what's there. So they're gonna. They think that J- Jameis Olawale is a great option if he's the one that's open with a mismatch, uh, as opposed to saying third and six, I'm gonna find Amari Cooper. And I think Romo would do that in years past with Witten. And I don't know if Dak has what he can, you know, what he deems to be a security blanket type receiver right now. But in order to do that well, I think they have to. That has to be a part of the scheme. So yeah. if you want to get your best player the ball. You have to scheme opportunities in those situations to get him open because the other team knows that guy's your best player as well. And so if you're just going to him and you're not doing yeah. something to get him open, then you're trusting that he's going to be able to, in many instances, be able to beat a double team or sometimes three guys bracketing him. And that's not a good situation either. We saw that for many years with Dez where there was a thought of, are they forcing the ball to Dez? Well, yeah, you got you, you want to have a balance. And so I think that has to go to the scheme and the coach is saying, hey, we want to be able to find ways and create opportunities for our best players to get open and not just tell Dak, hey, find your, your best player. Yeah, I've, I think all of I think it can all be a little bit true. I would quibble at first, like a lot of the guys he just named, there's not a lot of other options. Like Carson Wentz, by the end of that Giants game, there were no other reliable players on the field. Drew Brees has Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like, quick, name the next Saints receiver behind him. Meacham. Uh, Ted, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. Who's, he had pretty good games last week. Ted, I, well, they Henderson. all have good games because they're yep, Debra right. Henderson. Yeah, great. Guys. I mean, <laughs> Traquan <laughs> Smith and, and Ted Ginn are the answers. Yeah, yeah. But, like, these are not game-breaking receivers. And, honestly, I would argue – we always say, like, we've we've talked about it before, like, is Dak that type of Drew Brees quarterback at this point in his career who can put it on his guy always, wherever he wants it, you know, throw open the, the back shoulder fade, all that type of stuff. He can do it at times, but can he do it reliably? And so I don't like the idea of Dak forcing balls to Amari Cooper no matter what. I agree. I think Dak would tell you his favorite receiver is whoever's open. And then that comes back to, yes, scheme. Scheming looks that get Amari open sounds great. Throwing it to the fullback who's playing 10% of the snaps on the season on fourth down, I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, people have been going back and forth, well, Jameis ran the wrong route. That's not Dak's fault. Okay, just don't run that play. And I like Tony Pollard wasn't there. I mean, he wasn't playing in that game, and Zeke needed a blow. That's fine. I don't like the idea of like that being your primary look on fourth down when Jameis Olawale disappeared from this offense after week one. He played twenty, played twenty snaps, averaged twenty snaps a game first three weeks of the season. He has rarely gone over ten since then per game. 
Uh, I just I think that's ridiculous that that's you know and I get I mean they're all pros make the catch run the right route I get that but like let's work with the guys that Dak has the experience with Randall Cobb was open on that play he might not have been the first read but go to the guys that have done it for you Um, and it's stuff like that that drives me crazy not so much that he's not just trying to feed Amari Cooper I mean Amari's going to finish with like 90 catches this year that's pretty good well and to add to that to your point me personally, I don't trust this offense to handle injuries. So, for example, if Amari Cooper per se has to miss another game, it's like I don't trust Dak to find back that comfort of being able to connect with other receivers. We've seen him do it, you know, when he divides it up and throws it to Randall, and that works. But I think that when this offense all of a sudden has to miss a key element, they just freak out and don't really know how to handle that or how to adjust to that. So if you were to do that, then that creates, in my opinion, a bigger problem for when a bad time comes where you need to readjust and find other options. Yeah, I think that's a good point because you're right. If you're if you're relying on your best player that much, then what happens when he's not there? And as we saw this year, that can happen. Yeah. It happened in the Jets game, and it wasn't expected to happen. You just had an injury there early, and he's out. And and so how do you adjust when you're relying on that in those kinds of situations? Yeah. I much prefer the, hey, find me the open guy. And if you want to scheme guys open, scheme them open, but always go to the open guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, that we talked about this, I think, before you got here the other day, that the, the Jets game is no longer the one where you're like, oh, how they you know lose to the Jets? I mean, because the Cowboys are about to be the same record as the Jets. So... Yeah, it doesn't look as it no. doesn't look as awful right now because you thought they were going to be a top three pick, yeah. and all of a sudden they're finding ways to win football yeah. games. Yeah, they're clutch. Actually, they win games in the clutch. clutch. All right, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump. That just sounds weird. Let's just go ahead and uh, and jump to uh, the Jets clutch. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the the scouting report, Dave. Tell us about this Los Angeles Rams offense. You alluded to it. Um, they 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 haven't been good for a pretty large chunk of the season, but it seems like they are rounding into form at the right time. I think a big part of that is their offensive line. Um, You you know, we talk about injuries and nobody feels sorry for you, yada, yada. The Rams' O-line has been a disaster this year, and not just in terms of, like, players not playing up to their potential. They haven't been healthy. Uh, I read this this morning. They only have one original starter playing in his original position from week one. Uh, that's Andrew Whitworth, who's you know he's he's forty, he's he's good. He's, he's good. He made the Pro Bowl last year. He hasn't played up to the expectations he's set though, because you know people thought his career was kind of done. He goes to L.A. He made the Pro Bowl. Uh, he hasn't been playing on that level. It seems like he's playing better, but uh, they lost Joseph Noteboom early in the season. They lost Rob Havenstein, their right tackle, early in the season. They had to trade for Austin Corbett. They had to move their left guard Austin Blythe to center. They've had rookies starting at right guard and right tackle for most of the season. So it's it's been pretty rough. And it looks like they've kind of found a way to make it work. I think Havenstein should be available for this game, it sounds like. So, you know, the Cowboys have caught breaks all season. That's going in the opposite direction where he'll be in the lineup playing against D-Law most likely. Um, Another big part of that is I think they've found out what they have in their tight end position. They've got a couple of pretty good ones. And, I mean, you've heard – you probably have heard of Tyler Higby. I mean, we just played this team in January – He's he's much better than I give him credit for. Or and one, they're using him well now. They are, yeah. uh, and and 
it's kind of amazing what you can do when you have tight ends who can do a little bit of everything because they are mauling guys with 12 personnel with Higby and another guy by the name of Johnny Munt, who I never, I had Munt. not heard of him yet. <laughs> ugly, gross last name. Munt. Munt. I think I'm pronouncing that right. There's really not much um, you can do about that. No, Dave. there's let's, not. There's not. not but for something you can't control. They block well. <laughs> and Higby, Higby is, he's... Like I, I watched the Seahawks game back, and like that's what I came away most impressed with. Because like I know, I know about Robert Woods, mm-hmm. I know about Cooper Cup, I know about Todd Gurley, but he's mauling people in the running game and going downfield, like catching the ball 10, 12, 15. Where was he drafted? Uh, fourth round in twenty sixteen hmm. by the Rams. Fourth round, huh? But okay. I mean, twenty sixteen though. I think I mean, unless Stop. Dalton Schultz was a fourth round pick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just it. asking. No, I'm yeah. just asking. Oh, Good I'm pick, just asking. Just I wasn't even. Out. Well, I was. I was going to say. I mean, unless you're drafting like a T.J. Hawkinson, like yeah. this ready-made top ten tight end, it can take two, three years for a guy to develop into good a good that. player. Which well. Oh, I'm good. I mean, with that. Dalton Schultz he should, he should be the arrow should have moved a little bit off the ground by now. <laughs> Let's not make this his, his show. But no, yeah, you're right. You you're right. Point. But that so and so they are rediscovering their run game because their tight ends are helping offset their offensive line. Um, Gurley's been playing well these last two weeks. Sean McVay had a great one liner last week where. Somebody was like, "Well, why is you know why is Gurley been so involved the last two weeks?" And McVeigh was like, "Because I decided to stop being an idiot and get my you know best player involved." Here we go. Um, so they I remember when Garrett said that one time. I, I literally <laughs> I heard that and I was like, "Imagine, imagine having a head coach who would like provide a funny, good headline for you." That just, but honestly, there's more to it than that. It's not just that. It's just saying. You know what? We were well. We, yeah, no, you're it's right. It's the arrogant level that yeah. has to just drop a little bit and be like, you know what? We've been doing some different things. That's we true. Get back to basics here. Yeah. I was That's thinking not, about it. I heard the Eagles coach saying the same thing or similar thing a week or two ago, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's kind of refreshing. It's yeah, kind of refreshing just, just to hear to him say, just, be like, just be like, "Yeah, I got it. I got, got to get a little my own cute way. doing yeah. some stuff." We said, "You know what? Yeah. This stuff works. Let's just go and, and yeah. be, run the ball and get Gurley involved." Which actually, that's that's another great point because you know the Rams got famous last year because it was like ninety five percent of the time it's eleven personnel. It's the same three receivers. They don't change. They just they're good at it and that's what they do. Well, they're adjusting for their deficiencies this year because they're all the way up to twenty percent twelve personnel. Like mm-hmm. they use it a lot because they have a good versatile tight end and and a great running back. Uh, so it's working for them. Their receivers are scary because they're versatile. Cup and Woods and Cooks can all line up anywhere. I mean, good receivers can, but they yeah. do it a lot. You see, Woods Woods lines up in the slot. He lines up outside. I think Woods is is Goff's guy. I know I know Cup and him both have seventy plus catches, yeah. like you said. But it seems like Woods is kind of, to the caller's point. Woods is like the guy he's looking for. You know, I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Except he's so in the good. red zone. In the red zone, yeah. Cooper Cup. I mean, I saw a stat the other day. I have to look at it closer, but it was like of the first forty games of your career, the number one receiver in the NFL history of touchdown catches is Randy Moss. Number two is Cooper Cup. Wow. Yeah. He's a stud. And he doesn't have a ton of catches to go with it in yards. He just goes down there and he just he's a great route runner. Was he's, he a guy that you guys loved on the draft show? I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I <laughs> but, loved try, try but, right. No, he I I loved <laughs> Don't Cooper break Cup. your arm. You I know. need it to write. Yeah. I mean I've liked yeah. I liked Laquan Treadwell too, and that didn't work out for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all have some good ones and some bad ones, right? He it I was just one. if you win Hester, right. remember that? Way she back did. then I was like draft Hester. Gotta have him. You're kind of right. 
For, but I, I think I wanted to play him at offense. I don't so. care. You would have been right. <laughs> he would have been on the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just. I mean, he's he's a mismatch. I mean, he's a big-bodied guy who's. I mean, like he's got slot receiver shiftiness in a Jordy Nelson type of body. Mm-hmm. He's he's really talented. Is he a bigger guy? I mean, he's he's not small, yeah. but I mean, you know, I'll pull up his measurables. The Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, he's like six three. I want to say. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. For some reason, I thought he was a he's six, like that five ten, five eleven kind of guy. He's six two, two hundred. Like he is wow. not a. I mean, yeah, he's not a Pretty small big dude. dude. Uh, what? It's okay. No, when you see a slot guy, you assume slot guys are going to be a little smaller, and you know mm-hmm. he's not. Jim Rat, student of the game. No, super smart slot receiver. I mean, how often do you slot receiver? <laughs> slot receiver. I mean, he's not like that. Yeah. He's he's a different. <laughs> Name other slot receivers that are big. Like he's it usually doesn't happen. Even here, he's a different breed. Um, he's a good player. <laughs> I'm putting words in my mouth because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to keep us on the on the rails keep here. Going. I'm I'm trying to keep us Dave. out of the keep ditch. Keep going. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think Jared Goff is that good. I don't say it again. Say it louder. I don't think. Yeah, he's say that, it with some conviction. I don't think he's conviction. that good. I don't. I mean, good. I was needing a headline title for this show. Finally got one. <laughs> Jared Goff isn't that good. He's that's fine. What it's gonna be. He's fine. He clearly. I mean, he, he got him to a Super Bowl. He's he's you know he's played well enough that you gotta keep him. I mean, you're not gonna start <laughs> over. Like Jared Goff can win you games, but I I don't, I don't know. He's. I, he's completing twenty seven percent of his deep balls. He's I don't think he's a great decision maker. He's he's thrown fifteen touchdowns and fourteen picks. Both he threw two picks in in this Seahawks game. One which was returned for a touchdown by Quandre Diggs. Which you know get like we dissect everything Dak Prescott does and like mm-hmm. nobody else misses open receivers as often as Dak. Well, I watched Jared Goff just sail a crossing route like literally went. Two yards past and one yard high on the receiver and right into Quandre Diggs' hands. He's like, oh, damn. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks. Touchdown. I never saw anyone else in the picture <laughs> right. but it, him. It's, he, I, it almost looked like he was the receiver. I yeah. mean, it really did. Like, if it's if the receiver's reaching his hands out over the middle, the ball was up here. He's yeah. like, oh, well, I was down here, Jared. What were you throwing? <laughs> one of those where you think it's got to be to somebody else. Yeah, like this, right. This, where was oh. the other guy? The other guy fall? Like, what, what, what <laughs> this was This wasn't throwing? to me. Which, and I'm not trying to kill Jared Goff because that stuff happens. But if you listen to Cowboys fans, it doesn't. Like, right. it it's only happens to Dak Prescott. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I was watching the game, like, on replay and was looking at some of the things that he's able to do. One, he can, at times, he can get rid of the ball pretty quickly and still connect with his receiver. What are we talking he about? Can, Dak or, or, no, Goff. or Goff? Okay. He can get out of the pocket quickly and still make a decision. And, yes, he makes mistakes, but facing this Cowboys defensive line and the way they've been playing, (laughs) I started thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, he can be really, really good in this game going against the Cowboys because if he's – well, he played against Seattle. But even then, the fact that he was able to do those kinds of things there in that game, it started making me think about, oh boy, what is this going to look like when they're facing this Cowboys defensive line? I absolutely don't disagree, and I just, I just kind of crapped on him. But I mean, he's a talented player. Like he is a, t- and and for every for every what the hell was that? There's, you know, he had a play rolling out where he found Woods. The coverage was good, and he just rifled it in there. I mean, he was the number one pick for a reason. He certainly can make plays. I question his decision-making, and his accuracy is not 
outstanding, not yeah. not by NFL standards. Um, but can the pass rush get to him? Can the Cowboys cornerbacks cover these guys? I mean, we just talked about, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup can both play in the slot. They're both big. And, I mean, that sounds like a problem for Jordan Lewis, yeah. honestly. And that's the other thing is Sean McVay's smart. He schemes easy throws for this guy all the time, like lots of crossing routes, lots of you see like so many like layer concepts where there's a short option an intermediate option i know that's obvious but they do it all the time where it's kind of like okay roll out and and whichever one looks the most appealing hit him and there's it's five yards 12 yards and 18 yards it happens all the time and they're not hard throws by nfl standards uh so Having said that, I don't think he's amazing. He's certainly good enough to hurt these guys because Jeff Driscoll did and, and Mitch Trubisky did. Yeah. The key to, to golf is the fact that he has the coach that he has. I think that you always have to factor that into a quarterback because I think the better the coach, the more that you can hide some of those deficiencies and give them opportunities to succeed based upon what they do well because he definitely does have some talent, definitely has arm talent and can do a lot of things. Maybe you just hide some of those things he doesn't do so well. Let's if, go, ahead and, go ahead. If the last two weeks are any indicator, I mean, they're going to try to set it up with Gurley, though. And that, and it, I mean, it looks like he's he should be fresh. He's only got 170 carries on the yeah. year. And how much does that scare you, knowing how a lot. how tough the Cowboys <laughs> a lot. have so much, yeah, so much. They don't. They, I mean, good running backs have killed them. Yeah. Sony Michelle is like the only really good running back that they had a lot of success bad running against. backs have had. I shouldn't say bad, but average running backs have had decent days against. But them. I, but yeah, I mean, I'm, but I'm thinking about Dalvin Cook. Yeah, ugh. You're yeah. thinking about Bo Scarborough. Yeah. Who I mean, he has a, he's not even a decent level yet. Yeah. And he had a he had just, some good runs. Like it, it's just, running backs have had good days against him. Just leave that just out. Backs, yeah. So that does I, that should I think that should scare everyone going into this game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some calls. 888-855-2297 is our number. Again, 888-855-2297 is the number. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grab. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. 
Hey, Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, tell us something. Oh, yeah. Christmas at the Star. It's also called the Christmas Extravaganza. It's presented by. Spell Al- that. Extravaganza. <laughs> what? Whoa. Extravaganza. Whoa. Okay. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Dang. I'd get me out of here. Albert. <laughs> Well, you can read some of these if you want, but the Christmas at the Star presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb returns to the Star in Frisco. The 20-minute show electrifies the Star with a powerful mix of game excitement and Christmas cheer every Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m. now through December 21st. Make sure you get out there. Admission Tons of fun. and parking are free. Really, really cool for the kids. They'll enjoy it. And it gets you in the Christmas spirit. All right, so let's uh, let's get back in. We've got some phone calls already rolling in. You guys call us, 888-855-2297. We have a call from Sean in North Carolina. Sean, what up? Hey, guys. How's it going? How you doing? Hey. All right. I would just um, had a few observations that you guys could touch on a little. But um, I feel like um, these guys, like, it's just basic things, like just like fundamentals and stuff that, you know, is trouble in this team. And... I know coaching takes a lot of flack for it and everything, but, like, you have guys missing tackles. You got lanes and gap integrity, uh, receivers dropping balls. And, you know, you can hear, like, you know, I'm listening and watching you guys uh, uh, sound from the sidelines, and you can hear Marinelli basically saying, you know, how many times do I have to say the same thing, you know? I mean, you've got your best guys, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, per se, uh, just watching him a couple of weeks ago against uh, uh, Allen. And, you know, same thing with Trubisky. You know, these guys doing this read option, and I'm just like, how many times he going to, you know, bite down and tackle the guy without the ball and watch the quarterback roll outside and there's no contain, you know? And um, that's just one thing. Another thing, you know, I, uh, this team preaches about having – the right kind of guys. Well, I just want to know: Do we got the right kind of right kind of guys? Because... Hmm. Yeah, we lost yep. you there. Okay. Good. Nope. Um, Can I tell you this? That as he's saying all this, like the first part of it, in my mind, I was questioning: Do the Cowboys have the right kind of guys? I mean, it's seriously what I was thinking. So here's the question, that. though. So, when you say that, what, what do you mean by the right kind of guys? Because well, I think there's a lot of different interpretations of what that means. Is that really good players? Is that guys that love football? Is that guy like? There's a lot of different ways you can dice about, that. They don't have enough guys that are good enough to win. Okay, so right kind of guy for you is about ability. Yep, and right, and that's the that's the right kind of guy for every coach in the NFL because I don't care what they say about the right kind of guy if he's KP and can't play. They're not going to use them. I mean, that's just that's not the right kind of guy. Right kind of guy. Line one is playing well in the NFL. Line two through nine, they'll figure it out depending on how line one goes. I completely agree with you, but but, but 
I, again and again and again, think that a lot of the guys on this team are talented, which makes mm-hmm. me wonder, are are there guys on this team that aren't as just consumed by being great at football as others? Is it a motivation issue? And I think that's a fair thing to wonder right now with the way that they've played and the way that they've lost some of these games. I mean, and the, and the message that they're getting, yeah. is the same, I guess. You know, like that's where it is. Like, because I don't think the I don't think the coaching staff is all of a sudden just not a good staff, but I just think it's all kind of come to a head where the, the message and what how he delivers it is is just constant. And at this point, it's just I think these guys are probably tired of it. Yeah, I, w- I do wonder if they're winning on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. We talk about that. We've talked about that a lot on this show over the years. Yeah. Of you know, it, you you can say the talent is one thing, and going out there and competing. They go out there, they compete hard, but if you're not, if you don't have that same level of enthusiasm and commitment on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prepare, then it'll show up at points in games when you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't have a, a good enough read on your opponent because you maybe didn't study enough, or maybe your your body's just not prepared because you didn't take good enough part, care of your body to be able to have that push in the fourth quarter when you're tired. Right? There's there's lots of things that are about what you do on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday that ultimately yeah. lead to success on Sundays. And all those things, in my opinion, are fair right now because of the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to think you are winning during the week. Again, I mean, that Chicago offense sucks. Like, it's so bad. And they looked – and Trubisky wasn't – you know, he wasn't throwing dimes. He, like, I think I read he was averaging like three and a half air yards per completion, which means he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. And it didn't matter because tight end screens and – Checkdowns to Corderell Patterson are going th- for 35 yards. You have four straight scoring drives when you've been that bad all year. And that's yeah. an indictment of any defense that allows it. And it may just like, how well are y'all actually preparing for this stuff when this is happening? And, totally fair. And, you know, I do think that, you know, I've said it before about the talent. I don't think these players are as good as they, as they, as we thought they were. I definitely don't think they're as good as, as the coaching staff thinks they are. Because I, I think that they continue to do what we do with these guys, and it doesn't work. And, I, I, again, I put a lot of it on the players, but it is very clear that the coaching staff is getting outcoached in, in these other games to these other staffs. Because as soon as you say, we're going to do what we do, you can just hear the coaches on the other side just rubbing their hands together like, all right, we know what they're going to do. What if we did this? Because we know what they're going to do. They're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I love, I love it. I agree with everything it's, you it's said. Just, I just, you said it in a funny way. They're getting out coached. <laughs> they're getting out coached, and, and and it's not just Jason. It's the other. It's the scheme. It's all of that stuff. And you know, when when you can't stop Jeff, Jeff Driscoll from running and Mitchell Trubisky and you know, those guys like that, I mean. You know, it's just that they just don't have an answer for it. It's really when it's the same common theme, right? Yeah. When you got these quarterbacks that are just rushing for all these yards that, by the way, aren't guys that necessarily are doing it to anybody else. And you're not going into the game saying, okay, we know this is a deficiency from last week. We have to make that a priority to stop it this week. And then the same thing happens, right? That's the part that that worries me. Here's the the thing. Like, I've seen a lot of college football games a lot. And I've seen, I've been on both sides of where this team's going to, you know, you're you're playing a team that you're not going to beat you tonight, you know. 
But the first play of the game is a triple reverse pass to the receiver back to the quarterback, and he throws it over here to the running back, and they get 50 yards, and you're like, all right, well, that was a good play, but you're not going to win. And right. you know you're not going to win because you had to do that on the first play to tell your guys we're going to do this, but you really know you can't win because you had to do that kind of stuff. At least they're trying, though. See, the Cowboys, I don't think they – the Cowboys are like, we're taking the ball to start the game. We're going to go. We're going to score and all that. Like They think they're going to win, but I don't believe that they have the talent to do it. So when do they figure out – when does Well, the, the talent isn't playing up to par to be able to do it. Okay. Either way. I mean, it's, the result's the same. Yeah. So when are they going to flip the switch and go, we can't beat the Rams like this. We need to do different things. I'm not saying you have to run trick plays, but trick plays are, are show you that you're going to try to go into the bag a little bit to do some different things. And this team doesn't. They're just like, we're going to keep doing this because we have done it in the past. Not against a winning team. But they've done, you know, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yes, that's where the arrogance comes into play. Okay, we're not good enough to beat them. And like Jason's first year, when when they were two one and seven, and then he took over, they played games against the Saints and the Eagles. That were they were really good teams that year. They didn't win the games, but they hung in there. They almost won the Saints. They probably should have won that Thanksgiving Day game, but they played a different way where they had to slow everything down because they mm-hmm. knew their defense was terrible. Slow it down. And all they were getting into drives right. where they just ran, ran, ran. Okay, ran. I know I'm rambling. All I'm saying is, is that there's, there's, you have to, to at some point realize, okay, I almost cussed. This stuff isn't working. <laughs> And because it's not stuff, yeah. it's the other one, yeah. and it's not working. So do something different. Take your ego, put it over here, and try to win the game. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us. Oh, we'll I'm be sorry. back tomorrow. We're gonna talk defense tomorrow. Woo. That's that Rams defense. You think the offense is good? Yay! We got some doozies <laughs> for you tomorrow. We'll talk about that for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Hilton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!